0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Father's House podcast. This week we had a special guest, Chris Donald. He spoke at the church. He had a great word specifically for this church, talking about the type of soil that God's putting His word, His seed into. Uh, It was an awesome, awesome message. Hope you guys have a great week. And if you want more information on the Father's House, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Excited to be here with you guys. Was anybody here last time I came? All right. Anybody never heard of me before? This is going to be fun. I grew up in a small town in Washington State. It's a little city called Woodland, Washington, about 35 minutes from Portland, Oregon. I grew up on a dairy farm. I never wanted to be in ministry. This is a great way to start. I just want to put some warnings out there that I'm not a professional hype minister. We don't need professional ministers, just like we don't need professional politicians. It's kind of quiet in this Holy Spirit-filled church. (laughs) You guys doing all right? Some of you guys are trying to figure out if you like me or not. I'm just going to be really real this morning because I don't need you to like me. I need you to love him. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, we're going to get this Holy Spirit Church having some praise breaks here in a moment. I, I might preach today. I, I don't know. We're going to just figure out what Holy Spirit wants to do. Obviously, I'm going to share, but if I start preaching and turn red in my face in a few moments, just know that I love you, okay? I've tried to not do that, but every time I preach, it happens. And I just want to tell you before it happens that um, I'm not yelling at just... One person, I'm yelling at all of you in person and online at the same time. So if you feel like I'm yelling at just you, I promise I'm not. I'm just used to yelling at cows, right? I'm not calling you cow. Somebody just turned their head at me. That was poorly timed. I just want you to know that I'm not a professional, I never wanted to be in ministry. One day when I was 18 years old, I was very angry. I was going to go hurt somebody in another city. My father calmed me down, told me to go and read the Bible. So I did really for the first time in my home, and I opened the Bible up. I was frustrated. I closed it. And when I closed it, I was going to get up and go grab my keys and take off to the city to hurt somebody. And my hand physically got stuck to the Bible. My eyes rolled back in my head. Another voice came out of my mouth, and it was a demonic spirit speaking through me. My mother freaked out, called my father, who went down the road to the dairy farm. He was with my grandfather. Uh, they did different uh, He was down there helping my grandfather as he was getting older. He came home quickly. And they thought, we can't call our pastor, he's not equipped for this. So they called the pastor of the crazy church in town. So if uh, it would have happened in Owensboro, they would have called the father's house. Because Pastor Mike and Pastor Maddie believe in casting out demons, healing the sick. Come on now. Right, the book of Acts is not a, a history book, it's a playbook. I need you for a moment to understand something that we are a part of the same story that's recorded in that book. Yes, it's a closed book. Nothing will be added to the word of God nor nothing be taken away from the word of God. But we are, advanced, we are actually running the same race. And Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, come on now just for a moment. Peter, Paul, your life is as significant as theirs. Do you believe it? Come on. Was that a religious yes or was that a yes, I actually believe it? Because if you actually believe it, those declarations that we just made, you would actually begin to walk out and live. And they wouldn't be a cute saying that we say every Sunday. It would begin to become your lifestyle. You guys doing all right? I just want to let you know if I offend any of you, I'll be here after service. I will gladly hug you, and we'll get that offense right out of you in Jesus name. See, it's so great to be free from you and to fear him. We need preachers, men and women of God that will preach the gospel and be unashamed. Romans one verse sixteen says, "I'm unashamed of the gospel. I mean, It's getting crazy enough that if in some churches today, if I were to say, let's open up our Bibles and read uh, Genesis 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. In some churches, it gets real quiet. What about they and them? Are we talking about the legion of demons that's in they and them? Listen, the gospel preached in purity, clarity, and love will change the world. And right now, culture, especially Western culture, is trying to push the church into a corner. I'm not going to get pushed into a corner. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to believe Genesis 1, verse 27. And if you're here today and you're confused on On male and female, I love you, and I want you to know that the word of God is true. And no matter what you try to do to change the way that God created you, it will not satisfy you. Isn't it good to be in the house of God where we can speak truth and we can get excited about it? And I just got to say this before we get into the message. If you can't handle this, if right now you call yourself a believer but you're getting nervous, we're going to have you repent today. I'm speaking to you. Because love is not acceptance. No, no, no. Love is not me going to Starbucks and calling you them that's a lie. Love is not me making you feel good and me not hurting your feelings. Love is a man and his name is Jesus. And he came from heaven, come on now, to earth and he rescued us out of our depravity. Listen, we do not have a mental illness problem. We don't need mental health. What we have in America, is a depraved mind problem. Am I preaching to somebody? Because listen, if we hear truth said in love, and you may say, man, this is, this is, this is, man, you're, you're walking on thin ice right now? No, I'm walking on water because I've got Jesus. And I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to allow culture or the White House to push me in a corner. And by the way, I'm not a political preacher. Hear me. When they make these issues political, I preach righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things. Come on now. In a moment, somebody's going to stand up and shout me down. In a moment, somebody's going to get excited. But we are being conditioned By news outlets, newspapers, and culture, and social media to believe that. Do you know that now Christians are on terrorist watch lists in America? Are you guys ready? I know I'm preaching to a good church. I know you're leaning in and you're listening. And I believe it's going to change. I believe it's going to shift, but it's going to shift when we decide to stand. Amen? I was praying, and so, so to finish my testimony real quick, sorry, I just got excited. I started to preach a little bit. Right? Didn't want to be in ministry, get delivered at age 18. Pastor comes to my house. He prays for me about 12 o'clock at night. I get delivered, born again, age 18. begin begin to go to a crazy Holy Spirit church where they raise their hands and dance and are actually excited about God? Come on. And they begin to tell me about the Holy Spirit and I grew up in a church where it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Right, you guys hear me? Holy Spirit has a name, His name is God. God. I know I'm preaching to the choir here in this church. I just worshiped with you. It was amazing. Holy Spirit was here. But the church that I grew up in, Holy Spirit wasn't there. It's amazing that we can have church without the Holy Spirit. But churches all over America right now are having it. As for me, I want to be a part of a presence-driven church. Right? And that's what this church is. It's a house for Him. And he's here. I, I go to a really amazing church in Fort Worth, Texas, and it actually hurts me. Like, I'm so sad when I'm not there on Sunday, and I'm not there on Sunday a lot. But this morning, I wasn't sad because when we begin to worship, he came. I thought, I'm not missing out on anything because he's here. So I go to this conference. I just want you to know that I was born white, but I was born again black. Okay. Come on, ladies back there, let me explain why. Let me now explain to you why this is what it is, and, and you'll understand, I, I went to my first ever conference. So imagine me, dairy farmer, you know, played basketball, already got made fun of. I just want you to know that when I paired up with Mike, we did win. When I played against Mike, I did lose. The Lord humbles me all the time, right? So, so you know, I, I just am playing basketball. I'm riding dirt bikes, and I'm just on the backside of a mountain tending to some cattle. And I get saved, and, and they begin to tell me about the Holy Spirit. So I go to my first ever conference in Seattle, Washington, and the bishop, T.D. Jakes, is preaching. There's 10,000 people in the auditorium, and I'm in the overflow room with about this many people, and I'm watching the bishop on a screen and he stops and he says, The Holy Spirit is here. Nobody touched me. Nobody laid hands on me and nobody pushed me over. I think it's really sad that in some churches, our spiritual, like, degree of how spiritual we are is if I pray for somebody and they fall over. That's just stupid. So you prayed for somebody and they fell over? Have you made a disciple in the last 10 years? Like, is the fruit of the Spirit in your life? <laughs> that was good. Thank you. I like you. You're awesome. I like your music too. So the bishop, right, he's preaching. Holy Spirit's here. I'm, I'm, I fall over on the ground. I begin to scream. I'm not going to do it right now. I begin to scream, speak in tongues. Tongues are just coming out of me. I was brought up in a church that said speaking in tongues was of the devil. And if we played the drums, that we're summoning demonic spirits. Unless it's Thursday night and we're watching American Idol. We can, we can watch that, but we can't play drums in church. The hypocrisy in the church just blows me away. So, fall on the ground. I hear the voice of God say, you're going to travel the world, preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. I've never read the book of Acts nor the gospels. Right, so the first two, three months of my Christian existence was reading the Bible going, oh my gosh, this is what we're called to do. Right, so now for the last 16 years, I've traveled to over 20 nations. I've been, I was just in Pakistan, just in Iraq, in a mosque preaching. Seeing the power of God move and people be healed and come to faith in Christ. Uh, This month I'll be in Nazareth. Equipping believers, that's pretty cool, right? Equipping believers to go out in Nazareth. Jesus likes me so much he's taking me to his hometown. (laughs) Because I like this boy. Want to know why Jesus is taking me to his hometown? Because I took care of my hometown. He's like, if he's going to steward his hometown, I can trust Chris to come to my hometown and do the same thing. So Nazareth, Japan, I've I've been to Japan seven times, Africa, China and the underground church and I've seen God move. I've seen the power of God, I've seen blind eyes open, I've seen deaf ears and mute people speak at the name of Jesus. I'm not here talking about some theory. See, if all we have is a theory, then when all of a sudden the COVID police... Come and tell us, and listen, I'm going to be sensitive. It's a real thing. Hear me. Okay? But when they come and they say you can't go to church and you can't worship, if all you have is a theory, then all of a sudden you back down. And you go, oh, we're just going to get pushed into a corner. No, 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 not me. I've been in a mosque. I've seen the power of God move. I've seen deaf ears Open. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen the power of God move. Just in the last two days in Owensboro, I've seen six people pray to be born again. If all we have, and it wasn't even a church service, how about that? If all we have is a theory, then we allow culture and the current of this world to push us into a corner. Sound familiar? Acts chapter 3. The gate called beautiful. Lame man gets up and walks, right? Silver and gold, we don't have what we do have. We give you in the name of Jesus. When they come to them and they're getting them in trouble for moving in the power of God, what do they say? We cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. See, listen, the gospel is not an intellectual conversation. It's tell and show or show and tell. But if all you have is an intellectual understanding of God, when persecution really hits, where are you going to stand? You're going to have to kill me. You'll read about it someday. Chris Donald went down, either in a mosque or in a church in America. Because they're really not that different. Don't fall asleep. As I was praying and seeking God for a a word for you, because I take this very, very seriously when I get to travel and have the honor to be in local churches all around the world. The Lord spoke to me in a dream. I was sitting at a table in this dream with Pastor Mike, and, and God said, I said to him, and it was the Lord, it was just, he said, tell him to believe again. Tell him to believe again. I'm not talking about just believing in Jesus. You obviously believe in Jesus. But I'm saying believe again, right? And there's maybe people in this room that that you would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but you're on the completely wrong road. Are you you guys following me this morning? I want to read a parable out of Matthew 13, starting in verse 3, that will help explain this. He says this, Matthew 13, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, he told me, He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, I love that exclamation point. So listen, a farmer, I like this because I was a farmer, went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seed fell on footpath. say footpath, or say wayside ground. That's really what we're going to look at today, but I'm going to continue to read here. And the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because of the soil was shallow, but the plants became wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile, say fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now I, I I have disked, harrowed many fields. Okay? I mean I have hours of tractor time. Massey Ferguson, John Deere, like I've been in tractors for days. And there's, there's one thing about, you know, seed costs money, right? And you get enough seed to plant a 40-acre field. And right, I would go out and either my grandfather or my father would come into the field and they didn't trust me as a young man to because I wanted to go hang out with my friends. I'm like, let's go over at it once. It's good enough, right? There were some days I would have to disc a field after it was plowed three or four times, right, depending on the soil. And so I, I, I won't forget this. One day I, I, want, I had plans. I wanted to go do something. It was some kind of sporting event, and I was thinking, okay, right, tractors have lights on them for a reason because when you got to get the seed in the ground, right, the rain's coming. So I'm thinking, man, I hope this is good enough. It looks good enough to me. My father comes out in the field. He picks up the soil, Drives over to me and says, one more time. Really? You sure it's not good enough? Why? Because we were good farmers, right? And we wanted to put seed in ground that would produce a crop. What's so fascinating about the seed sower in this story is he just scattered seed everywhere. Like I read that as a farmer and I think, What are we doing? Like, but but there's a reason why. Because his seed isn't corn seed or grass seed. It's the word of God. And it has power. So much power. And the devil is so scared of the power of that seed that even though it lands on wayside, footpath, well-traveled soil, the devil still comes and steals it. Because the seed has power. The seed being the word of God. Are you guys following me? Anybody here ever planted a garden? Okay. Any of you guys ever planted a garden that wasn't just like boxes, but was actually like a plot garden? Like, And right, you would plant the rows, and then you would walk down. You'd have certain footpaths that you could walk right you couldn't walk like when my dad would plant gardens and we'd ride a dirt bike through the garden it was never good right there were certain paths that you could walk on and then you would weed right and what would happen would the weeds grow on that footpath no because you've it's been packed down i want to submit something to you and this is what i feel like the lord is saying today to us is that there's much wayside ground in this room it's religious ground. Now hear me. I'm putting myself in that seat next to Pastor Mike. I'm preaching to myself today. Okay? So I'm, I'm not preaching at you. This message is going to encourage you. It's going to inspire you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to put life in you. But for a moment, we've got to recognize that we have well-traveled footpath ground in our hearts. Okay, let's continue to read here for a moment, and we'll come back to this. Are you guys doing okay? I'm having fun. Are you guys having fun? Okay. A couple of people said yes, so we're going to keep on going. You guys are a way better crowd than a mosque, I'm telling you that. I mean, you guys are awesome. Okay, so now listen to this explanation, all right? So for all you preachers out there, make sure when you preach stuff like this, you just don't come up with your own explanation. Make sure that you read down to where Jesus explains it. I've heard some youth pastors preach some things sometimes, and I'm like, that's not actually what Jesus said. But anyway, that was just free. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the former planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath or well-traveled represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Right, right now you're hearing it. Are you understanding it? Right? And you're like understanding what? In a moment we're going to talk about three different areas in your life where I believe that we can have wayside ground that can happen at any point in our Christian life. You're not exempt from having wayside ground in your life. Well-traveled ground. Religious ground. The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. We've all seen that before, right? But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. Anybody ever experienced that before? Seen somebody. I see that all the time as an evangelist. They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those uh, who hear God's word but are too quick, but too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good, say good, soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produces a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as have been planted. The wayside soil represents those who never really hear the word with understanding. The word of God must be understood before it can truly bear fruit. One of Satan's chief works is to keep men in darkness regarding their understanding of the gospel. To keep us in the dark, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 says says this, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, little g of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Satan is always, this is a Spurgeon quote, Satan, Satan is always on the watch to hinder the word. He is always afraid to leave the truth, even in hard and dry contact with a mind. The enemy is gonna come and steal it. Well, I wanna go back to those who hear the word, but don't understand it. Right now, you're hearing the word, but many that are lost and, 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 and heading in, they're not hearing the word right now. I believe that this is not just talking about a new believer that receives the gospel and gets a start in Christ. It's talking about the church and many different areas in our hearts. We notice the difference in each category, get this, was with the soil itself. The same seed was cast by the same sower. You could not blame the difference in results on the sower or on the seed, but only on the soil. You guys catch that? Same sower, God, same seed, the word. Different soil, that's you and I. Today, some will produce 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. I want to be in the hundredfold category. Anybody else? All right. I know we're all in that place. And some it won't produce any because the enemy will snatch it away. Now listen to Spurgeon. What I like to do is I like to find people that are dead and with the Lord. To say things that I want to say so you'll be offended at them and not me. Isn't that great? So if, I'm like, if I really want to say something, I'm like, I'm going to find a dead guy to say it. Okay, so here we go. This is what he says. This is Spurgeon. Oh, my dear hearers, you undergo a test today. You will be judging the preacher, but a greater than the preacher will be judging you, for the word itself shall judge you. you guys, doing all right? Right? How often do we come into? An environment and we do need to judge the word and be good Bereans and study the word and you don't know me necessarily but you trust Pastor Mike so you have a trust in me that he would bring me in to preach but so, so there is that aspect of okay who is this and what are they saying but so often we're so critical so cynical so hardened right it's like is this just going to be another hype message that right come forward and your life will be changed forever no It's not what it is. The Word of God can transform and change your life if you don't have wayside, footpath, well-traveled religious soil. We're going to make this really personal in a moment. We're going to make this really personal. But let's first talk about just faith for a moment. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the substance, the evidence, right? Substance and evidence. Faith is not a bare belief or intellectual understanding. It is a willingness to trust in, to rely on, and to cling to Jesus, Listen to me. So often we have a religious connection with Jesus. We put a scripture and we tattoo it on our arm. Right? We have a stained glass window with Jesus on it. And we we just need to take a moment to pause here and to understand that we serve a living God. I know you know this. But right now in heaven is seated a man, the God-man, Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father. Right now in heaven, there's a man, the God-man, Jesus, who's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding for you and I. So when you pray, you're not just throwing up prayers. You're praying to Jesus, who is more real than this room. And I, I, need, I just need to preach about Jesus just... Jesus came from heaven to earth, right? Always God, never ceased from being God, the creator, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. Jesus, God, right? Eternal life is not a prayer you pray, it's a person who has always been eternal that spoke and life happened. God is not in heaven, heaven is in God. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Come on now, somebody. I need you to believe for a moment. I need you to see beyond just singing a song about the love of the Father. As good as that was, I know that there's many people that are just singing that wayside, footpath-like. But you walk out of here and you're living as an orphan. You got excited for a moment, but your soil is hard because you've done it a million times and you haven't seen the fruit of it yet. So when somebody says you can be free in church, you go, yeah, but. Now listen, if Jesus, who's the creator, the sustainer of all things, who's seated at the right hand of the literal Father in heaven, who sent the Holy Spirit, whose name is God, who, who right, God, he lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you, and then he wants to clothe you in power, Christ in you, for you, Christ on you, for others, and you're telling me you're going to have a bad day? You're telling me you're going to go through a desert season? Desert season with Holy Spirit in me, And Christ on me empowering me doesn't really make sense. Well, Jesus, He had a desert season, right? 40 days. Yeah, like the 40 days in the wilderness, like 40 years, He took care of it in 40 days so you wouldn't have to have one. But we begin to have these ways. I just woke up this morning, Pastor. I'm gonna start to preach, okay? I'm just warning you right now. I just woke up this morning, Pastor, and and, I felt heavy. Go to bed earlier. Don't eat the pizza and the Cinnabon. Come on, can I I preach to somebody? I just preached to myself right there. I almost prayed in the spirit. Man, pastor, I, I was driving to church and the enemy was against me. Right, my tire popped. No, get a job, rotate your tires, and when you need to get new tires, Actually have the money in your savings account because God will bless you when you do it his way and put new tires on your car. See, listen, listen to me, church. All the mom and dads are saying, preach it louder. Listen to me for a moment. Some of us get up and the devil says, don't, we don't need to mess with them. They're gonna mess with themselves. Because we have wayside religious stronghold thinking that is not sanctified by the word of God, nor renewed, and we just believe lies. We just believe what YouTube tells us and what this person over here tells us. Listen, it's, it's no longer I who live. To live is to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why are we scared of death? I wasn't scared of COVID. It was scared of me. I say that, I can feel it. Trust me. Boy, you better got be, to be careful. Watch out. No, I'm in Christ. you got to be careful. I'm not saying that it wasn't a real thing. I'm not saying that people didn't get sick. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying I don't fear COVID like I don't fear cancer. Like I don't fear the flu or a common cold. Right back when the Black Plague was happening, uh, somebody probably—I should probably fact-check this a little bit more—but I know that this story is true. I don't know the exact timing on that, but it was reported that that families that were not believers they would kick their loved ones out of their houses because they didn't want to get the Black Plague. You know what Christians did? They walked the streets and they took them into their homes. Many Christians died, but they never died. If you fear death, let's get you born again today. I'm talking a little bit different because I'm a dead man. I've I've already, like this is what we tell our kids when I travel to some places. We say, listen, that is going to go to the triangle of death in Iraq. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm not going to back down. And if they kidnap me, and if they kill me, the church and the world will say, your daddy was a fool. Should have never done that. You tell them, no, my daddy was brave. And somebody had to tell ISIS or the Iranian proxy groups. Do you understand that every disciple but John was martyred? And John was boiled alive in oil, they couldn't kill him, so they put them on an island. Do you guys understand what you've signed up for? And we start flinching when I start saying I'm not scared of COVID. What happens when they throw you in the lion's den? You guys doing all right? Man, I didn't know we were going here today, but you guys are just pulling it out of me. You guys are hungry, and so it's just pulling it out. Do we understand that when we sign up we're already dead. You don't have any rights. You don't have any, right? Like I you are fully his. You're surrendered. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm gonna do it. So let's let, let, let's do this. I like that baby talking, by the way. It actually brings comfort to me. I have four kids, so if it's too quiet, it actually I get stressed out. So let the babies cry. I'm good. Plus, a quiet church is a dead church. So, faith, right? We, we, we have this in pa- passage in Matthew 17, verse four, 14 through 21. I'm gonna jump down here. It says, where, where they bring the, the child that has a demon to the disciples and, and they can't cast it out. So, they bring the boy to Jesus and Jesus cures the boy immediately. And then, Jesus, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, It's why you couldn't cast it out. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind is not the devil coming out of the boy. It's the unbelief coming out of us. So often we read that, okay, if I want a demon to come out of somebody, I can't eat that cheeseburger. No, no, no. When you don't eat and you fast, which by the way, the word of God says, when you fast, not if you fast. When you pray, not if you pray. And when you give. As a Christian, it's not an option. Right, you have a Lord who is your savior, not a savior who you can decide if you want him to be your Lord. When you pray, when you fast, so when you fast, Right, Jesus says, right now they're not fasting, but when the bright, when I'm gone, right, they're gonna fast. So why do we fast? We fast for the presence of God. When we have the presence of God and we're in align, alignment with Him, then devils will listen to us. It's about the unbelief that's in our hearts. So, I have you guys ever thought about this? This whole concept of If you have faith as small as a mustard seed. So he's like, hey, you have little faith. But by the way, if you have tiny faith, you can move mountains. Have you guys ever thought about this? I believe that what Jesus is saying is you have inconsistent faith. But if you had little consistent faith, you could speak to that mountain and tell it to move. So my message for you this morning is not to hype you up. And to say, have great faith. You can't even have great faith. Faith is something that God gives you. What you do is, is you surrender your life to Jesus and you say, God, help me be consistent. Help my heart remain good soil so that when your word comes into my heart, it produces 60 or 100 fold harvest. It's consistency over time. It's, I killed the lion, I killed the bear, give me Goliath. Right? I didn't go from uh, day one praying for somebody in Walmart to day two, right, confronting principalities and powers in Iraq. Or standing on a crusade field in Pakistan with 157 villages, none of them Christian, declaring, I came here today to tell you that Jesus is king. And if you need deliverance, he will set you free. And then watching individuals come out of the crowd manifesting demons and they come forward and they get delivered and born again. That doesn't happen overnight. It's consistent faith over time. A lion, a bear, give me Goliath. I'm here to encourage you to say begin to have consistent faith. Begin to believe again. Go back to those times where God spoke to you and gave you a word and you got excited. Don't lose hope. Speak out the dreams that God has given you. If you're around me, this is what I say. If you say, what do you feel like your mission is, Chris? Like, what are you doing? I am here for many reasons, but one of my passions is to raise up evangelists to partner with local church pastors to win cities. I've been saying that for five years. Guess what? We raised up an evangelist. He's partnered with the local church pastor in and he's making disciples for Jesus right now. Right? So if you begin to speak it, now listen, it's not blab it, grab it, name it, claim it, shout it, shake it. It's cling to Jesus and be in his presence. It's not an intellectual jungle, gym of I'm going to say this and think positive. It's actually being connected to the person and the presence of God. See, because you can have more biblical understanding than me and be more bound than me. Because it's this, those who know the truth will be set free. Truth in and of itself doesn't set you free. And by the way, truth is not just the Bible scripture, it's a person. So if you know the truth, if you have personal relationship and connection with Jesus, not last week but today, then you will be free because deliverance is not a moment at an altar. Deliverance has a name and his name is Jesus. But see, we begin to compartmentalize this, and I need to go, and I'm not against deliverance groups and deli- all that stuff and knowledge. And I, I'm for all of that stuff, but at the core, what I'm for is Jesus, because if we have him, we have everything. Come on. If we have him, we have everything. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that when you wake up tomorrow morning, Jesus is sitting there in a recliner saying, let's spend a day together. It means that as a born-again believer, he put his spirit on the inside of you. You're now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on. And you, it's no longer you that live, but Christ who lives in you, and he transforms you from the inside out, not the outside in. That's what that means. It gives you a brand new heart. He does the work for you. So quickly, and this won't take too long, I want to give you three things, three areas that we're going to look at in your life that, that the enemy tries to come and produce wayside, well-traveled ground. Number one is your personal life and freedom. Listen, as I, as I say this statement, if there's pushback in your mind and heart, you have wayside ground. Hear me. You can be free emotionally, mentally relationally and physically. Now, if you heard that and you yeah, but you don't understand what I've been through, you don't, all these other things, listen to me, you have wayside, well-traveled footpath ground. You're telling me that Jesus can't overcome all of that, we just sang about it. So when I, when I make that statement, you can have, you can be free emotionally, mentally, relationally and physically, You can be free in Christ. Like me standing here saying, you can be free and be an overcomer. You're not the tail, but you're the head. You're connected to Jesus. You're a part of his body. If you hear that and think, yeah, but, we gotta talk. Because it's actually what the word of God says. I need you to understand this. In John 10, verse nine, Jesus says, I am the door. In the NLT, it says, I'm the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. Let me say this to you. Jesus is the door, but many have not entered through that door. Go with me for a moment. Doors are meant to go through. You don't stop at them. There's many people that are like, yeah, I believe in Jesus, just like I believe in that door right there. Well, have you stepped through that door? What does the door lead to today? It leads to abundant life today. I'm not a prosperity speaker at all. Hate it. What I am is a prosperous soul preacher. Meaning no matter what you go through, I'm not talking about your bank account, how much, what kind of vehicle you drive. I'm talking about you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, the oil of God in you. No matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter. You're a happy person. That means depression, anxiety, fear, mental torment is actually not allowed. If you have those things, not allowed. It's not normal. What I want you to understand is is that when Jesus walked the earth, we call it supernatural, but it's actually the most natural. Why? Because the way God created us was to be in the garden. So all Jesus did was come and do the most natural thing. Affliction, out. Sickness, out. This, out. I'm gonna restore you back to the way God created you. He was doing what was most natural for God, not supernatural. Are you, guys, are you guys following me? So he's the door. We need to have abundant life. Again, I had one of the most difficult years of my life last year. You wouldn't have known it, nor do I need to tell you about it. You, you could never even tell. Why? Because I met with Jesus. I had the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He sustained me. I walked through it with him, and I'm better because of it, because this life is a dressing room for eternity. You never know. Why? Because I have an abundant life. It's not about what you do to me. Right? Paul happily walked to Rome. Prophets are telling him, you're going to die. He's like, this is going to be awesome. Sometimes I think we need to read some of those stories and really go, okay, God, what does this look like in my life? Number, the the second aspect of this is in Matthew 6.33. Seek first. So Jesus is the door to abundant life today and eternal life tomorrow. And the band, if you guys could please come, that would be awesome. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God... And his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The question I have for you this morning is, what are you seeking? I'm not a legalist by any means. I'm not going to tell you what to watch and what not to watch and what this and that. No, no, no. That's between you and God. Is it pure? Is it righteous? Is it edifying your spirit? Those are questions I may ask you. But what are you seeking so often? right? When I meet with people as a pastor, they come in, man, I just don't get it. I don't understand why. Well, let's take an account of what you did this week. Where did you invest your time? Listen, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you met with God, you actually, which by the way, it's not about the amount of time. It's about connection. He's outside of time anyway. So some of you guys can connect with God in 20 minutes and it takes me three hours. I'm thinking about Chick-fil-A and the Portland Trailblazers and how much I don't like the Cowboys. like, And then finally God comes. Right? Hold up. We got a Cowboys fan in the front row. All oh, Everybody stretch your hands out and pray in Jesus' name. So you wake up and you meet with God. You, you, you actually connect with God. And then you go throughout your day. Yeah, you face difficulties and there's things, but at night, right? You gather your family. You don't do something religious, but you just, you're in the presence of God, and you, you pray over your kids, and before you fall asleep at night, you just take your wife's hand. God, I just pray that you be with us. You wake up the next morning in the presence of God. See, I didn't wake up this morning thinking, man, I can't wait to sin today. But we're trained by religion to think that all we are is sinners, no, actually, I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to Christ. My nature that was prone towards that, I'm actually now, I was once a slave to sin, but now I'm a slave to righteousness. Well, be careful, pastor, watch out. be You know, that's a little bit prideful. And by the way, pride comes before a fall. No, actually, pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And pride is actually individuals that sit in church with their arms crossed and say, I don't think you can be free. How dare he say that he didn't wake up this morning and want to sin. Now see, pride is you saying I can never do that on my own. Exactly. You can do it on your own. That's called pride, and God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Grace to what? To overcome. Mercy covers your sin, but grace empowers you out of it. It's like the gas in the engine that actually helps you be holy as he is holy. But that wayside ground says, but that wasn't my experience. Well, don't put your experience of compromise on my love for Jesus. Because as for me in my house, I'm gonna love the Lord. I'm gonna search Him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that covenant before my eyes. I'm gonna be a man of God that is true, and I actually believe the Word of God when it says that I can be free. Some of you need to hear that this morning. You can be free. Number two, very quickly, is this church? Second point very quickly. Church can be a wonderful place full of great relationships that advance the kingdom of God together. I need you to understand this real quick. The church is not plan B. It's always been plan A. Come on now, if you're fighting with this, if you're one of those, I like to have a small group at my home where I sit and lick my wounds with eight other people, and just get over it. I'm just going to speak straight to you for a moment. If you have things in your heart against the church, repent. Because it's God's plan. No wonder the enemy hates it and tries so hard to tear it down. And are there bad churches and bad pastors? Absolutely. I meet them all the time. But that doesn't mean that they all are. Find a good one. Plug in. Serve. You're not going to find a perfect one. But listen to this about the church. The purpose from the beginning was to create one many-membered body out of all nations to fulfill God's eternal plan and to satisfy his Father's heart. The eternal purpose will be fulfilled in and through the church. Say the church. The church is the body of Christ, Ephesians 4. The church is the temple, Ephesians 2, the place of communion and relationship with the Father. The church is the family of God, which is composed of many sons and daughters, all bearing the family likeness. Ephesians 3 talks about it. The church is the army of God, Ephesians 6, that walks in authority and dominion over the enemies of God, The church is the bride of Christ, Ephesians 5, that will one day be eternally united in marriage with the only begotten Son of God. Listen to me, Father's house. Listen to me. God has a plan and a purpose for this local church. I believe in 10 years from now I'll stand on this stage and preach to a full auditorium. Why do I say that? We don't have a harvest problem. We have a laboring problem. Did you hear what I said when I began to preach? I was in your city for two days, and six people were born again. I'm not special. I mean, Mike blocked me on the basketball court. I'm not that anointed or called by God. I'm just an obedient laborer. And if you ask Mike and others that were with me that day, when we, when we talked to those kids, all I said to them was, hey, could I share my, my testimony with you? There was no miracles or flashes of lightning or no glory cloud fell. It was just an obedient son. But I believe that this whole place will be full. And I believe that you have a critical part to play in what God wants to do in Owensboro. And and today, in a moment when we have, have a moment of response, if you have church hurt, I want to encourage you to come and lay it at the altar. If you're in this room and you don't believe that you can be free, I just want you in a moment to walk to the altar. Maybe you just need to get on your knees and say, God, show me. Show me where that wayside ground is. Till that ground. Let me stand up actually believing that I could be free. Let me get up and actually believe that the church is important to God. It's God's plan. It just amazes me with evangelists. So many evangelists talk bad about the church, but they all want to preach at one on Sunday morning. Oh, the church, pastors, church, the church, the church. It's so messed up. No, man, you're messed up. And why would God trust you with his bride if you don't even love her? I love the church. You wanna know why? Because it's his, and it's his original design. Number three is this. Will you stand with me all over the room? When I say this, what does your heart say? Owensboro shall be saved. (laughs) I'm gonna say it again. Owensboro shall be saved. America will have a revival. When I talk about a revival, I'm not talking about on July 24th, we're gonna set up a tent and we're gonna call it a revival. And we're gonna have a bunch of excited people get excited about nothing. But we're gonna wave some banners and yeah, we had a revival. No, that's not revival. Revival is when somebody has a personal revival, they're burning for the Lord and they walk around a city and six people get born again. Revival is when a church understands that they need to meet with God daily and have a daily personal encounter with God. So when they go to school, college, or work, listen to me men, when you go to that construction site, revival looks like this. When they say that joke that everybody else laughs at, you just sit there and look at them. And it gets really awkward. Revival is when we begin to change and transform the city of Owensboro by walking in the fruit of the Spirit, and all of a sudden, you'll begin to see this place fill up. Listen, you probably don't recognize this, but I preached here a little little more than a year ago, and it was about half this full. I'm like, what's it going to look like six months from now when I come back? When you begin to burn for Jesus, when you begin to believe that you can actually be free, when you begin to believe that the church is God's design, and you get excited about it, and you actually get here early to serve versus 10 minutes late. Are you 10 minutes late to the Lord of the Rings? Are you 10 minutes late to the Avengers movie that just came out that's completely woke? No, but you're late to church. Why? Because you don't value it. Why? Because you got wayside religious ground and you just think, well, I'm gonna go and check that box called church, but you actually don't believe that your life could shift and change a city. Because if you believed in the church, I'm gonna preach for a moment. Then you'd get here early and you'd say, Pastor, how can I serve? What can I do? How can I make it better? If you believed in the church, you wouldn't be ashamed of the church and you'd invite people to it. I know I'm getting a little bit fiery. The city, state, country, and nation needs you to Believe that a revival's coming. Listen to this scripture, last scripture I'll read to you in John four, verse 35. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look. The fields are already white for harvest. Listen, I'm not here telling you, hey, yeah, all right guys, Owen Owensboro's gonna be saved. I was here for two days and I saw more people saved than this church has seen. In six months. In two days. Why? I'm not talking about in the service, I'm talking about out there. Why? Why? Because I believe again. Because every day I wake up and I think Peter, Paul, Jonah, all these ones that went before me, my life is as significant. And I believe that we can change the world. And how do I change the world? By simply changing the world around me. YMCA, play a basketball game, share my testimony, five young men get born again. Go to a restaurant, simply ask the server, hey, can I pray for you? Opens up a conversation, she's never been born again, she's born again. Why? Because I believe. I'm not believing what media, the news, and everything else is telling me. Right now, the world wants you to think that everybody is like that. That's a small percentage. There are people in this city that are crying out for a church to reach out their hand and to simply share the gospel. I believe that right now, if this church, we're not going to do this, but if we said we're going to go out and we're not going to stop until every person sees somebody born again, I believe in five hours we could almost accomplish that. It's not a harvest problem. It's a laboring problem. It's a lazy problem. It's a consumerism church problem. I go to church so I can be fed. No, no, no. You come to church so you can be equipped. It's, my, it's not my job as a five-fold anything to minister to you. It's my job as a five-fold evangelist to equip you to do the work of ministry. So you should leave feeling encouraged, but like, dang, I gotta do something. You're right, you do gotta do something. You gotta change the world. All over this room, just put your hands out, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Nobody is prophesying in tongues. We're all just praying in our heavenly language. All over the room, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. All over the room, begin to lift up your voice. Come on, fill the room, fill the room. Come on, praying grandmas, begin to pray. Don't hold back. Come on, grandpas, pray. Come on, fathers, pray. Come on, those that can sing in the spirit, begin to sing in the Holy Spirit. Begin to sing out in the spirit. Begin to fill the room. Can you get a mic and just begin to sing in the spirit for me? Just begin to sing. All over the room, begin to pray in the spirit. All over the room. Hey, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Awaken hearts today, God. Not hype. Not emotionalism. But by your Spirit, come and awaken hearts. Come and shake us out of complacency. Come and shake us out of hurt. Holy Spirit, come, come, come. All over the room, a little bit louder, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. We're not prophesying. We're praying in the Holy Spirit, Jude 1.8. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. It's okay, pray, pray, pray. If you don't know what it is, you will in a moment. All over the room, pray in the Holy Spirit. Another 30 seconds, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Help us believe again. Help us believe for our city. Help us believe for our church. Help us believe for our life and our freedom and our family. Help us believe again, God. Stir up, stir up old fires. Dig up old wells. Dig up old wells. Dig up old ye. All over this room, if you have wayside ground in terms of freedom and personal freedom, if you're bound in sin right now, just come to the front. All over the room, just begin to come to the front. If you don't believe that you can be free, stay free, live in Christ, come to the front all over the room. If you need to kneel, kneel. If you need to stand, stand all over the room. If you don't believe you can be free. If you don't believe the word of God that says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I just want to invite you all over the room, if you're here and you're bound in sin, if different things have you completely controlled, I want you to come forward. Again, it could be things like lust or it could be things like pride. It could be things like gossip. It doesn't need to be just one kind of sin. If sin has you or if you don't believe that you can be free, all over the room, come forward. Everybody just stretch out your hands to those that came forward. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you have your way. Have your way, Lord. Break up that foul ground. Let that seed of the word of God penetrate into their hearts. If you're in this room and you've been hurt by the church, if you're in this room and you have an attitude toward the the church and you've been hurt, and you need to get right with God, I want you right now to come out of your seats. It's not gonna offend Pastor Mike and Maddie. We already know it's all over in the room. It's in every church. I want you right now to come forward and lay that wayside ground down before God all over the room, come forward. Guys, listen, this was me last year. Right, if you're here and you have issues, with past church hurt or pastors or leaders that hurt you, I want you to come out of your seats. You're going to believe again. You're going to believe again in the church and that it's God's plan. You've Many of you have seen a lot. You've seen a lot of abuse and spiritual abuse and, and wrong things, and, and I'm telling you, God's going to set you free. If that's you, you could be an active serve team member, but in your heart, you're just like, I don't know, if I get hurt again, I, that's just it. Some of you right now have been hurt even here at this church. It's okay, let's get through it. Just come forward all over the room. All over the room. Last thing, if you're here and when you drive around this city, your heart goes, I just don't know about Owensboro. The drug addicts, the this, the that, if if your heart has become hardened to seeing Owensboro and Kentucky come to know Jesus. Just come out of your seats right now. Come out of your seats right now. If you need to be able to believe again that Owensboro can be saved. What what, what does this look like practically? It looks like when you go to the grocery store, you're just irritated at everybody. And you never once even think about sharing the gospel with your neighbor. There's, there's, there's some in this room that need to respond to this. There's some evangelists in this room that have been discouraged. You need to respond to this. Owensboro shall be saved. All over the room. Just come, come. Come all over the room. As those come, I just want you just to begin to pray in the Spirit again. All over the room, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Again, we're not prophesying, we're just praying in the spirit. We're singing in the spirit. All over the room, begin to lift it up all over the room. If you're a pastor, a prayer team person, just come begin to lay hands on those that came forward. If you have authority to pray, just begin to pray all over the room. We're going to go into a time of worship. This is not hype, this is not emotionalism, this is the word of God, where the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. God, you come to bring life and life abundantly. God, I pray that right now the kingdom of God would become more real than the kingdom of this earth. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you awaken hearts to personal revival, to church, that we'd that we'd be excited again about church and that we would believe again for a city that's been written off and and said that it's, it's this and it's that. God, no, we declare that this is your city and no spirit but the Holy Spirit is welcome in Owensboro. No spirit but the Holy Spirit is welcome in Owensboro. We declare it. Can you guys lead us in a song? Let's just begin to worship together. Pastor Mike will come forward here in a moment and transition us. Thank you, Jesus. And hey, we're going to stay in this moment. Um, if you have kids, we do need you to go get your children. And you guys can be released. But hey, if you're if you're really just down here with the Lord and you want to see God, please don't go. Stay at the altars. We're going to worship teams and to continue to minister. Um We love you guys so, so much. Bless you guys. We could go help our workers out. Go get your children and bring them back in here. But we're going to continue in this place of worship. Hey, how about this? Your kids are welcome in this room. You can go get your kids to come right back in this place. I I, I was raised around this type of stuff. It's good to get your kids around this type of stuff. So if you want to spend more time at the altar, grab your kids. You can come back. No problem. We love you guys. We're going to continue to worship. Bless you guys. Thank you